right, we're going to go ahead and open our Bibles to uh, the Gospel of John. John chapter 14 is where we are at today, and we are going to go over verses 15 through 20. Uh, so let's go ahead and start there with the, the reading of God's Word, and then we'll get into uh, the, the details of the passage. So John chapter 14, uh, verses uh, 15 through 20. And it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Let a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. That is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Uh, so this is, you know, John chapter 14, as I, as I study, as I've been studying through it, and uh, as I've been preparing sermons uh, from it, it, it's really been encouraging for me. I hope it has been for you as well, but this, this has to be one of the greatest chapters in, in the whole Bible. Uh, it, it is just tremendous, and it is just so encouraging to uh, the, the Christians who are alive and, and, and striving and, and trying to walk by faith and dealing with everything of the world. Uh, this just, it, it just fills us with encouragement. And today is no different. Uh, I think today's passage is very important in, in the light of, of, of the trouble that we deal with in today's world. And if you are needing a boost, or if you are needing some encouragement, some help, um, if, if you need that pep talk, you know, when, whenever you were in high school and you were part of a team and right before the game, you got that awesome pep talk that, that told everybody we can win this game. Like if you need that kind of boost, uh, this is the passage that will give it to you. Um, but in the spiritual way, which is much better, but when we look at verses 15 through 20, uh, it, it reads like Jesus is introducing the Holy Spirit, like he's introducing the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And it's awesome because in the midst of uncertainty for the disciples and unrest, uh, Jesus tells them about the Holy Spirit for the purpose of bringing them comfort. And that's what uh, John chapter 14 is about, Jesus bringing comfort to the disciples because they, they've had enough to deal with when, when Jesus told them about everything that would happen in John chapter 13. Uh, so 14 is, is just a, a passage of comfort or a chapter of comfort. So uh, for their comfort or from their comfort, you and I, as we read this, we also gain comfort. Not because they were comforted, but we gain comfort from reading the words that Jesus is speaking to them. And uh, it's, it's, it's awesome how he talks about the Holy Spirit and, he, and how he talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit because the ministry of the Holy Spirit does not only apply to them and the disciples. Obviously, as we know, it applies to the universal church. So God's church as a whole, uh, the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit governs his church and blesses his church and encourages his church and corrects his church. He does all kinds of wonderful things for God's church. So when we are, 
the, the cool thing about it is, though, is that when we are introduced to someone for the first time, uh, it's, it's to gain a perspective about them and, and to understand who they are and also maybe what they do. Like, for instance, if I were to introduce myself to you, I would introduce myself by saying that my name is, is, is Pastor Ricky or I would say Ricky Garcia. If you didn't know anything about me, my name is Ricky Garcia. Nice to meet you. This is what I do. I'm a father. Uh, well, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm a pastor. And that would give you pretty much the, the general about me, right? The general information you need to know about me. Now, the more time you spend with me, the more I tell you, the more you find out. But that, that first introduction is so important so that you can at least get a, gain a perspective of who I am. And you can gain that by just a quick introduction. Well, that's exactly what we're getting here uh, when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And the purpose of sharing this information with them and also the purpose of, of God sharing this information with us is so that we can gain a perspective of who the Holy Spirit is. So uh, it, it's important for us to know who the Holy Spirit is because when we know who he is and what he does, it's a tremendous blessing to us. So let's look at verses uh, 15 and 16 to uh, kind of get to know the Holy Spirit or for many of us, it's a reintroduction to the Holy Spirit, uh, but to know exactly who he is. In verses 15 and 16, he is referred to, or actually at the beginning of 17 as well, he is referred to the spirit of truth. Now, here, this section of the passage begins with an imperative and then also with a promise. And I told you an imperative is a truth. It's a truth that is communicated in the Bible. Uh, an imperative is, is, is something that, that, that God says to us that is, that is truthful for us and also edifying for us. And he says here, the imperative is, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's, that's, that's just it. He's telling us, if you love me, this is what love is. Love is obedience. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He says that in verse 15. Now, we're not going to get too much into this because this actually bleeds into our sermon for next week. We're going to focus solely on this next week. But all, all I'll tell you right now is that this speaks of what true conversion is. Uh, true conversion isn't only a confession that is made. It's not only a confession. True conversion is, is a confession and obedience. In other words, it's repentance and faith. That's what true conversion is. It's repentance and faith. And, and we'll just leave it at that for today, and then we'll jump into that next week. Uh, but then the promise is, so, so the imperative is, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. The promise is, if, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper uh, to be with you forever. And that's what we see in verse 16. Now, also, at the beginning of verse 17, Jesus calls this helper the spirit of truth. And... In, in that name, there is a lot to discuss, and there is a lot to learn. See, the word spirit, it, it translated to mean blowing, breathing, breath, or life-giving spirit. And that's really important for us to know, in order, if we're going to know who he is and what his ministry is, that's why he's referred to as the spirit of truth. So we are, Jesus is, is discussing, and obviously discussing, the Holy Spirit here in this passage. Now, uh, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we see him throughout the whole Bible from the very beginning all the way to the end. Uh, he is the breath of life in, in the creation. He was present in creation. In fact, everything that was made, it was made through Christ, but it was made by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So he was present in creation. He was the breath uh, that, that was breathed into us. He was, he was the life-giving spirit. He's the, he's the power by which God created all things. Um, also, he is the breath that carries the word of God to us. Um, look at first, or excuse me, Second Peter one twenty one. Uh, hold your place, but just turn with me real quick to Second Peter, uh, chapter one, verse twenty one. Oh. I was on the wrong apostle. I was on Timothy. Second um, Peter, chapter one, verse twenty one. When you get there, give me an amen. All right, so it says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. All right, so that's, that's an important passage there whenever we talk about um, the, how the, the canon of Scripture and, and how the Bible was put together. And many people argue, well, the Bible was put together by men. Sure it was, but they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so God was in control of, 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 of the Bible and putting it together. But we understand that anything that is spoken from the Bible, it was carried along by the Holy Spirit. So uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit, again, is the breath that carries the word of God to us. It still works in that way today. For those who hear the gospel and those who are converted by the gospel, and even those who are hardened by the gospel, it is the Holy Spirit who is doing that work. He is the one who is who is working on our hearts, either uh, to soften our hearts, to harden our hearts. Either way, uh, the Holy Spirit is doing that work. Um, and then also he is our helper from God in all things. And that's something that we're going to discuss a little bit further, because John actually continues to talk about the Holy Spirit in, in chapters 16 and 17. So today is just an introduction uh, to him uh, based on our scripture today. But then in chapter 16 and 17, we find out a little bit more. So I, I just wanted to give you that to let you understand that, that the Holy Spirit is, is, he is all over Scripture. He is from the beginning to the end. And he is present in our lives. And we know from Scripture that the Holy Spirit is, is an independent being. That he is an independent being that makes up the final part of the Godhead. And when I talk about the Godhead, I mean Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So he is God. And notice I use the word he. He is not a thing. A lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is a thing or is just a ghost-like figure. Uh, the fact is, is that he is a person as it relates to uh, the Trinity, as it relates to the Godhead. He is not a person like you and I, but he is a person as, as it relates to the essence of God. Uh, we, are, we know through Christian doctrine that God is, is one of essence, but is three persons. So he is, called, he is called the indwelling spirit because he lives in the believer. Look at verse 17. You know him, this is what Jesus tells the disciples, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So that's where he dwells. He, he dwells in the believers. Does he only dwell there? No. But that is the place of, that is one of the, that is his place of dwelling is in us. Notice that he proceeds from the Father and the Son. And that's why in Scripture you'll see him refer referenced as, or referred to as the Spirit of God and also the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, because he proceeds from both of them. And what's awesome about it is that in our passage we, we see that he is an eternal gift to you. 
He is an eternal gift to you through Christ. Look at, uh, let's see, what verse was that? Was that verse 17? Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That is the promise that God has given us. Even if you back up to verse 16, the fact that Jesus says that he will be with you forever. So he is not a temporary gift to you, but rather he is, he is God's eternal gift to you. Uh, it kind of reminds me of my favorite gift growing up. You know, we've all, at one time or another, we, we all had a, a favorite gift. And mine came at Christmas time when I was six years old. And it's, it's, I've, I've, received, um, I've received gifts that have been worth more. But I always go back to this one gift, and I'll never forget it. It was a, a banana seat Huffy bike, six years old. And it was, it was awesome. It was a banana seat. You can, you can give somebody a ride, and they can, you know, the seat was long enough for that. And then also it had the streamers on the side with the handlebars. So when you're, when you're going down the road and those streamers are flying back, you just felt like you were just going so fast. Never forget it. It's just always, it's just stuck in my memory. In fact, I remember that Christmas when we were uh, told to, to go into the room and wait. And then my parents brought it out and they had mine and my brother's. My brother's had, um, his had blue uh, tires on it and mine had red tires on it. That's how we could tell the difference. But I just remember opening that door, coming out in the hallway and seeing that bike. And it was like, you know, just so exciting. But I, I think about that as the best gift that I received, and, and I want you to think about the best gift that you've ever received. It doesn't come close to the, what we receive in the Holy Spirit. What we receive in the Holy Spirit is necessary for us. We, we can't live, as believers, we can't live without it. With, we, as believers, we cannot please him without the Holy Spirit. And he is the eternal gift that God has given us. Think about that. Any gift that you've been given, it's, it's going to fade away. It's, it's not going to last forever. It doesn't matter if you have the most purest, beautiful diamond ring. It's not going to last forever. Everything is fading away. Everything is wasting away. But this gift that God has given us is forever. It's eternal. So uh, verses 15, 16, and a little bit of 17 tell us who the Holy Spirit is. But let's look at the rest of the passage to find out what he does, because what he does is really important. So we can start uh, from verse 17 all the way to verse 20 to find out what his ministry is. Jesus tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit's ministry is to be another helper. Did you catch that? Another helper. He's not the helper. He is another helper. Well, what does that mean? Well, this goes along with the help that we have in the Father and the Son. You know, when you really start to think about who you have and who is in you, it's, it's, it's not a stretch. And it's not a surprise that the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. It really isn't. But yet we forget this fact every single day. Like it really, it really means something to be called a child of God. And it really means something to be governed by God's providence and be ruled by his Holy Spirit. Like sometimes we think that we're just all alone in this world and we're going through stuff by ourselves and no one's there for us. But that is never, ever true. Is it true that humans, as humans, we fail each other? Yes. 
We do fail each other. Sometimes we're not there for each other like we should be. But we are never, ever, ever alone. For the Holy Spirit is with us. He's with us forever. He is God's eternal companion to us. He is God's eternal help to us. So again, no wonder scripture says that we are more than conquerors. So the help that the Holy Spirit provides is as profound and it is as limitless as any other work of God. So you know what? It's really difficult for me to stand up here and tell you every single thing that the Holy Spirit does in your life. It, it's like all the work of God. Like we, we can't even fathom it. We, don't, we, we think we know and, and, and we don't even have a clue. Without God, obviously, we would not have life itself. So the Holy Spirit, his work is limitless. His work is so profound. We really don't know everything that he does. Scripture does tell us the different things that he does. But to know everything he does, I, I just don't think that we can do that. But we get a glimpse of the help that he provides in verses 26 and 27. Now, I know that's outside of our scripture today. But I, needed, I felt like I needed to mention this um, just so that we can gain a better understanding of what he does. Look at verses 26 and 27. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Then he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So, Number one, we find out that he teaches us all things, all things from God, and he brings them to remembrance when we need them, and also he brings us peace in all circumstances. Both of those are huge, huge things. Um, there's a book, it's called Fox's Book of Martyrs. Now, if, if you've never read it, um, it is both the most encouraging book I've ever read and the most painful book I've ever read. And all it is is just a documented account of the martyrs through, throughout, the Christian, throughout Christian history. And it's, it's uh, basically documenting what happened to them. And it is, again, it is both wonderful and horrific. There's uh, whole, whole families wiped out, details of what happened to the families, uh, not only to the parents, but to the kids, because because of persecution of the church and their, their refusal to um, denounce Christ. One thing that's, that's throughout the whole book, consistent throughout the whole book, is whenever these Christians are brought to their demise, they're brought to a big uh, pile of wood to be burned, even a pot to be boiled, to animals to be eaten alive, um, to horses to be torn apart. Uh, it, it goes on and on. They, they, they're brought before guns to be shot, swords to be either stabbed or beheaded. They're, they're brought to all kinds of things. And there are several in there that, uh, that the book documents that they were terribly afraid up until the moment when it was supposed to happen. The night before, they were in agony, but the day of, they had peace. And in some of those stories, the person who was actually doing the execution, the executioner, and, and some of those stories, he, the executioner, 
again, influenced by the Holy Spirit, did not, did not do the execution, but rather he took his spot with the person being executed. And he, he or she did so with the peace, the peace of God, only the peace that God can bring. And that is the peace that we gain from the Holy Spirit. Now, that is a very dramatic example, a drastic example. But I guarantee that if you are ever put in that situation and you are God's, will you go through agony? Will you go through worry? Yes. But I do believe in the end, you will have peace. Because that is the peace that God gives us. It happens to us all the time. We've been in situations maybe where there was a life or death situation. And we can, be, we can testify that God has brought us peace. We, has lo- we have lost loved ones. And we thought we wouldn't be able to breathe another breath and we wouldn't be able to live another day. And yet God gives us peace. He does not fail us. He does not leave us as orphans. But he gives us what we need when we need it. So when we look at verses 26 and 27, those are so important to us. Our, passes all, all, our passage also shows us that the Holy Spirit is a permanent companion. Uh, Let's start with verse 18. It says here in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then it shows us that he enables us to see God. Look at verse, uh, the beginning of verse 19. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. And then also he causes us to live spiritually. That's the end of verse 19. Because I live, you also will live. And then he is the living God in us in verse 20. In that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. See, from all these things that we find out about the Holy Spirit's work. We can grasp this one thing in general about him. That the Holy Spirit's work is to do the will of God. That is what his work. He is here to do the will of God. See, his work is to bring about the will of God, not only in our lives, but in all of creation. That's what his work is, and it's extremely important. Everything proceeds from the Father. Everything proceeds through the Son, and everything is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's how God works. That's exactly how he works. The Holy Spirit is the executioner of God's will. So having the Holy Spirit is to have everything we need for life and godliness. What an introduction, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing that, number one, that Jesus did this for the disciples to bring them comfort. But it's amazing that we can go back to this to this passage, and we can gain encouragement and peace we can, every single day if we wanted to. Because I'll tell you what, there are many of us that need to go back to this every single day, me being one of them. And, and, and just, just drink it all in and just remember that, that I'm not alone and that the Holy Spirit has given us, or God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us, to be our helper. See, there's much more to talk about concerning the Holy Spirit, but there's also much that we've already learned. We, we, could, we could do a sermon series on it. Um, and again, there's more to talk about in verses in chapter 16 and 17. 
But just with this introduction that you've gotten today, let's put an application to it. You know, we are told who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Now, how can we walk in confidence with that, right? Well, let me start off by this. If, we had a, if, if each of us had a quarter for every time we worried about something or every time we struggled with doubt or struggled with self-confidence, then all of us in here, we'd be a wealthy church. We'd have more than we could ever imagine in our bank account. Fact is, is that many are afraid today. Many are afraid. Many are so afraid that they're petrified in life at this moment in time. They're not doing anything. They're scared to do anything and everything. They think that if they don't look out for themselves, that no one will. Many, many also think that although they have a gifting from God and they recognize that they have this gifting from God, that they don't have the confidence or the courage to serve God in a particular area. They know that they're called to it. They know they have the gifting, but yet they don't serve him because they think, well, I'm all alone and I can't do this by myself. Many are anxious about how things are falling apart in their lives right now. Many are looking to their marriage Many are looking to their relationship with their kids, their families. And again, they think they have no help. They think they're all alone. Many are struggling through loss. Loss of everything. Loss of somebody special. They're having a hard time coping with it because, again, they think that they're on their own. Many are just anxious about life right now. They have serious doubt about their ability to earn an income. And also many are very concerned at the direction of their health. And they don't see any relief. They have no peace in their hearts. You see, if I were just talking about unbelievers, that would be one thing, but I'm also talking about the church. Because unbelievers aren't the only ones who do this. As, as, as the church, we do this all the time because we lose sight of whose we are. We lose sight of the fact that God is living in us. If, we, if we've placed our faith in him, he is in us. Scripture clearly tells us that. There is no question about it. So then why do we forget? And why do we forget so quickly that we are not alone? Do we not realize that we have another helper? Do we not realize that this helper is an eternal companion to us? Do we not realize that this helper knows us more than anybody, knows us better than anybody, Do we not realize that even in moments where we cannot utter a prayer, that that helper speaks for us to God? 
Do we not realize that where we lack, the helper makes up for that? I think as a church, we need to realize the help that we have and the fact that we are never alone. You see, the church, when it comes to worshiping God as a triune God, we acknowledge the Father, we acknowledge the Son, and sometimes we acknowledge the Holy Spirit. And many times when we acknowledge the Holy Spirit, we do it in, in, in the wrong way. He is God with us. He is the executioner of God's will in our lives. We are never alone. What we go through, God has a purpose for that. He is sanctifying you through that. And that's something that we need to remember. We need to remember that God dwells in us and will be with us. And that he will not leave us as orphans. We live because he lives. That's what our scripture tells us today. We live because he lives. Through everything that happens in life, God is working out his will for our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray.